0: All right. So I want to preach a message to you. We are in an amazing series called The Grace Project. This is still us. Man, I really believe it looks different, but this is still who we are as a church. This is still us. God is still here and grace still works. You don't have to strive to get yourself to the next place that God has for you. The grace of God is on your life, and working in you. And so I want to preach a message around the thought, a humble heart, a gracious God. You might want to write that down already. A humble heart, a gracious God. I really believe it is so important for you and I as believers to receive and encounter the grace of God. And the best way to do that is by having a humble heart. I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 5 verses five through seven, and and it appears that that Peter is having this conversation uh, with uh, people in the church. He says in verse five, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. I hope you got an elder in your life, someone older than you that's been along the journey. It's so interesting how young people get in relationships and get married. Have someone in your life who's further along in that area. If you you got some increase in your finances one year, have some people in your life who 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 know how to invest. It's basically saying have older people in your life. Sometimes as young people, we can go, oh, come on, pops, you don't know nothing, or we can kind of disrespect the generation that came before us like they're out of date, but wisdom is never going out of style. He's trying to tell the young people, get some elders in your life with some wisdom. It creates a healthy community. And he's saying, be subject to them, listen to them. And then he says this phrase that I think is so powerful, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility, toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Man, I don't know if you've ever read that before, but we've been talking, we're in a series called The Grace Project and we're talking about, and Peter is suggesting, and I'm suggesting to you as well, that the one thing that keeps a believer from receiving the grace of God is pride. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then it says in verse six, humble yourselves. You don't want God to humble you. Trust me, I've been humbled by God. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Listen to this. So at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This isn't even the main point of my sermon, but I got to stop here. It says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Oasis Church, God's hand is on your life, but you don't want to be prideful with God's hand on you. It says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So at the proper time, he may exalt you. Think about this. So many times we hear the phrase climbing the the corporate ladder where you come into an entry level position at a job and the way that you go higher in the organization is climbing the corporate ladder. That has taken place too much in churches. There's too many corporate ladders in church where people are trying to climb to the top of this industry and that industry. But no, the Bible says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand that in due time, his hand picks you up and lifts you to the place that you used to have to climb to. That is so encouraging. It is actually way less work to achieve your dreams if you are humble than it is if you are prideful. And then he gives us one of the clues to to tell if you're walking in humility. You are casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You are not trying to keep your problems. You're not trying to keep your fears. I understand there is a global pandemic. Don't keep it. Give it to God. Don't keep your worries about finances. Don't keep your anxieties about how you're going to get out of it. Give it to God, because if you keep it, it's evidence that you have. It's evidence that you have pride and that you think you can do something about your problem. These problems, we are out of control. Cast your anxieties to God. Why? Because he cares. So many times we can walk into pride when we think we can care about something more than God does. I know you're worried about your kids, but God cares more about your kids than you do. I know you're worried about your finances, but God cares about your finances more than you do. One of the biggest evidences I've seen in pride is people holding on to anxiety because they don't think God cares as much as they do. Cast your anxieties on God because he cares for you. Before we get into humility, we got to understand the danger of pride. Pride rears its ugly head in so many ways. And there's a few different words for pride in the Old Testament. And as I was studying these words, you know, all of them give an example of what pride is like. So in the Greek language that our English Bibles are translated from, the words typically mean a couple of different things. They typically have a figurative meaning and a literal meaning. I know our literal meaning with pride is to be arrogant, but they would also have a figurative meaning attached to nearly every word in Greek. And the figurative meaning of of pride, literal, is to think highly of yourself, to be arrogant. But the The figurative meaning means to be enveloped in smoke. Think about this for a second. A human walking around in life completely enveloped in smoke so that they can't see. God's grace is on your life. God's favor is on your life. But if you are walking with pride, you can't see that God's favor and God's grace is on your life. Enveloped, in smoke. Have you ever seen uh, a building on fire? Have you ever been around a campfire? Maybe not recently because of shelter in place, but you notice you burn nice clean oak wood or whatever it is. The smoke is white. But when toxic buildings that carry toxic chemicals get on fire, the smoke is black. So the the, the more toxic the thing is on fire, the blacker the smoke. When we have pride in our heart that runs deep down for years, the smoke gets darker and darker. We can't even see where God is moving. We can't even see the blessings. And I believe that this is where anxiety and depression, that's not clinical, gets its root from. It gets its root from pride. I know better than God and the God isn't in control. I have to figure out my future and, and the plans. The word pride means to be enveloped in smoke. And if you cannot see what God is doing, it could be, not because God is not speaking, but it could be pride. You know the Bible says this beautiful scripture where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. The original meaning is where there is no prophetic revelation, where God is not speaking, people cast off restraint. Don't we want? Don't we feel restrained right now, restricted, right here in our homes? But it says where there is no prophetic revelation, where God is not speaking, people are in a panic to get rid of the restraint. That's why people are so sometimes anxious to go back to the way it was, because of pride. They can't see what God is doing. So. Please, can we just go back outside? No, I get it, I I wanna go outside, I'm going crazy, y'all. But what I really wanna do is be able to see and hear what the Lord is saying. This is a time for believers everywhere to get rid of the smoke and walk in true humility. Pride blocks the flow of grace. And I know you've heard the verse maybe that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. That just means where Sin is, grace also is available, but if you are walking blind with pride, you can't even receive the grace. It's kind of like if I go outside to my water hose and I turn the water hose on, you've done this before, and there's a kink in the hose, and so the water pressure is affected because there's a blockage in the hose. I believe there's a grace pressure, if you will, that is affected because pride is putting a kink in the flow of grace into your life. We gotta understand what, what pride is. And as I've been walking through this journey of trying to see how I can humble myself before the Lord, I realize I've never met a person who was prideful who didn't have a deep root of insecurity. And if you feel insecure right where you are right now, I want to let you know something. Write this down. Insecurity is not failure. It's when you put your security in is failing you. I'm gonna say that again because I messed it up. Shoot, let me start over. I said Insecurity, well, I didn't say it. I'm going to say it right this time. Insecurity is not failure. Insecurity is when what you put your security in is failing you. Insecurity is not failure. It's when what you put your security in is failing you. Get this, in, 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 in the Old Testament, in the, the book of First Samuel chapter nine, God's people encountered Goliath. We all know the story of Goliath, and all of Israel and their king Saul was afraid of Goliath for one main reason, is because of how tall he was. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17 verse four, then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall and Israel was afraid. They did not feel secure that they could defeat the giant because of how tall he was. And God was with it, Israel. And you know the story. It took David to have the faith, has five stones and a slingshot to kill Goliath. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I don't even know how he knew that. But who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dared defy the armies of the living God? God is with me. He has rescued me from the paw of the lion and the claw of the bear. I protected God's sheep. This Goliath is going to die today. Think about that for a second. David knew that God was with him because David got his his security from the Lord. Why were the Israelites so scared, so intimidated, so insecure because Goliath was nine feet tall? I I don't know, but I'm going to give you a suggestion. Saul, their king, was crowned the king about eight chapters earlier. And it says in 1 Samuel 9 verses 1 through 2, there was a wealthy influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abel, son of Zeror. And in verse 2, it says, this man's son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. Why when Goliath showed up, were they so insecure because he was nine feet tall? Because in the earlier verse, they found their security in Saul's height. What made them feel secure eight chapters earlier made them feel insecure eight chapters later. What made what impressed them eight chapters earlier intimidated them eight chapters later. What am I telling you? insecurity is not your failure it's what when what you put your security in is failing you they put their security in saul's height so their insecurity showed up at goliath's height oh i'm preaching babe can i walk off and come back i'm gonna try i can't because i don't want to put the camera out of focus but i'm about to take a lap did you hear what i just said i'm yelling i said They put, that Goliath's height triggered their insecurity because their king Saul's height triggered their security. Think about that for a second. I'm going to let you just pause and go, wow. Just put wow in the comments. I'm not even going to say nothing. Is it awkward? That's what the word of the Lord will do to you. What you are impressed with in the last season will intimidate you in the next. What you find your security in in the last season, you'll find insecurity in the next. You find security in your looks last year, you'll be feeling insecure about your looks this year. You're insecure about your you're secure about your weight last year, you'll be insecure about it next year. I mean, you guys, we can't find our security in anything but the Lord. Because the insecurity is the gateway. To pride, I am praying, Oasis Church, that insecurity will die in our church so that we can walk in the humility of the Lord. Here's the thing about insecurity, and I've dealt with this a lot, and I've seen it in leaders and and volunteers and pastors. Sometimes pride is really insecurity because sometimes pride is trying to be the hero when you're the one who's hurting. Let God deal with that. Let God address where that insecurity came from so that you put your confidence and your security in the Lord. Pride often shows up like insecurity and it creates a smoke around us and we can't see the Lord, we can't see what God is doing. Pride is often focusing on what is wrong with everyone else and everything else while ignoring or being afraid to face what is wrong with you and facing pain is hard matter of fact speaking of smoke when you get burned they say sometimes the burn treatment is more painful than the burn and i really believe that god wants to address some things during this time that are painful and we don't have the numbing agents of success and validation from people and being able to go and strive and achieve things Pride is so dangerous, we can't understand humility until we understand how dangerous pride is. And if we don't understand humility, we get cut off from grace. Not that God doesn't want to give it, we're too blind to see it. A humble heart and a gracious God is the key to favor in this next season. We have to remember why we have a devil in the first place, y'all. Everybody says we're under attack. Well, how did the devil get on earth to be able to attack us? pride he wanted to be like god and wanted people to worship god think about he wanted he wanted people to worship him instead of god think about this he got kicked out of heaven because of pride and where did he go here so why do you think he wants to attack us so much you ever broken up with an ex and they um they got a boo before you did and you mad right You don't want to be with them, but you don't want anybody else to be with them. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Am I preaching right now? You don't want to be with them, but you're mad because somebody else is, is with them. This is why the devil is mad. Remember, the Bible tells us the devil was, before he was cast down, he was Lucifer, heaven's number one worship leader. So why is the devil so mad at Christians? We have his old job. We're worshipers. He doesn't want to be with God, but he doesn't want us to be with him either. And so he tries to give us pride to separate us from the grace of the Lord. Pride is so dangerous. I remember one time I had just preached this fire message. God was moving, y'all. This was a couple few years back. And I had just preached this fire message and I come into the lobby and everybody's high-fiving back when we could high-five and people weren't all nasty, getting everybody sick. We were high-fiving and, and this woman across the lobby at our church building, she says, hey, Pastor Julian, come here. I want to tell you something. I got halfway to this woman and the Holy Spirit told me like not an audible voice, but I just felt the Holy Spirit say this sentence on the inside. He said, what this woman is about to tell you demons are telling her to say and i was like oh shoot like i like stiffened up i was walking towards her all weird i was expecting her head to spin around or something throw up green i don't know the lord said that what she's about to tell you what a demon is telling her to say i'm getting ready for her to tell me something mean tell me something angry tell me something she's frustrated with and you know what she said never forget this she goes That message was unbelievable. You are the best preacher I have ever heard. Matter of fact, I try to find out when you're preaching because I wasn't the lead pastor back then. I used to preach every once in a while. I try to find out when you're preaching because I only want to come here when you preach and you know what's sad, Pastor Julian, whoever your leaders are cannot see that you should be preaching every Sunday. You probably should start your own church. That's what she said. Can I tell y'all when the Lord told me that a demon was telling her to say what she was about, that a demon was telling her to say what she was about to tell me, she didn't say something evil. She didn't say something dark. She didn't say something crazy. She gave me a compliment. The Lord was trying to prepare me that people are going to enemy is going to start to send you people to tell you that you're better than you are. He's going to try to send you people to make you feel like your pastors don't appreciate you, that they can't see what you do because the enemy wants you to start another church because the Lord knows you're supposed to take over this one. Have you ever had the enemy attack you with a compliment? I love when we say the enemy's attacking us, we're always talking about negative things. Sometimes the enemy attacks you with a blessing. Sometimes the enemy attacks you with a compliment because it's designed to build up pride that it's all about you. I honestly believe, church, we gotta get this right. One of the things I do to check for pride, because I'm sure you're asking, I don't want any pride, please tell me how how to check for pride. One of the ways I check for pride are when my personal accomplishments outweigh my personal change and transformation, that could be a sign of deep under the surface pride. I'm gonna say that again. Month over month, year over year, when my personal accomplishments outweigh my personal change and transformation. When all I'm talking about that God is doing is accomplishments and ministry and who's coming to church and that. And I can't sit down and tell someone, you guys, this is my, I, I have, God is wrecking me with pride. God is helping me love my neighbor like never before. I've never been so generous. When the things that you talk about are what Jesus is doing in you, not what you want him to do around you, there's a chance that you have encountered true humility. You know, the Bible says this about humility. It means to be low, an inner perspective. It means to not be self-governed. Gosh, literally to be led by the spirit is to be humble. Sometimes we govern ourselves and ask God to bless it. It it means not to be self inflated, not to be self exalting. And the true definition of humility means living in complete reliance on the Lord, zero reliance on yourself. Self-reliance is pride. Self-exaltation is pride. Self-inflated is pride. You want to be humble, live in complete reliance on the Lord. It's no wonder in Matthew 18, verse 4, Jesus says this. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Why was he saying and comparing being humble like a little child? Because children live their life in complete reliance on on their parents. What would it look like for you to move in this season from relationship to reliance? Yes, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, there's grace for you. And because of the the sacrifice of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, when you put your faith in him, you do receive grace from God. And you do have relationship with your father in heaven, but there is a difference in the amount of favor and blessing from someone who is living in relationship because they're forgiven and someone who's living in reliance because they trust God. Right now is the greatest time ever to cultivate your reliance. I'm going to say that again, to cultivate your reliance on your father. Because aren't you exhausted from having relationship with a God, with a God that deep down you don't really think you can rely on? So you take so many things in your own hands. To be humble is to be completely reliant. I want you to think about this. What area do I not trust God with? Do I not rely on God for? Because humility is reliance and the Bible says, whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. Whoever uh, exalts themselves will be humbled. So we're so in any season we're either on the way up or on the way down. And a global pandemic will make you think that you're on your way down. But I want you to write this down: You are on your way up or down, not according to your circumstances, but according to your humility. You're not on your way up or down according to your circumstances. It might look like you're on your way down, but if you are humble, you have a humble heart, you're on your way up, let me encourage you. It might not look like it, but keep your heart humble. And the Bible says God is exalting you. Here's the thing, a humble heart and a gracious God is so key to understand because humility sets the table for grace to be received and grace sets the table for truth to be received and where there is truth known there is freedom you guys i really want to pray for humility to sweep across our church because you know what's sad we are actually more impressed with people's accomplishments than their humility and their character and i think that this has got to stop even When we travel places, whether we're in entertainment, we always want to know what's going on with people in their careers. When we travel in the church spaces, people want to know how many people we got watching and coming. Nobody wants to know what God is doing on the inside of us, and that. Is important. I really believe we got to start asking people these questions. If we're believers, hey, what has Jesus been telling you? What has He been doing in your heart? What does humility look like? Real discipleship questions. Because we are so impressed with people's accomplishments. That's why sometimes we get hurt when their character fails us. Because we assume that where there's accomplishments, there is character, and that is not always the case. We have got to be a humble church here is what i am saying if you view yourself better than the next person than the next person you might be walking in pride when you do to somebody else what you know you wouldn't done, be want to be done to you i really believe that a humble heart encountering a gracious god is going to be the number one key to the favor and the accelerated blessing, Blessing. let me prophesy over you. What will take another person two years to recover from this, the humble person will recover in months, what it'll take the prideful person years and years and years to recover. I really believe, listen to me Oasis Church, a humble heart and a gracious God accelerates the blessing and favor of the Lord so that When you get to the place that God has you to be, you can say, there's nothing that I did to be here. It's a humble heart and a gracious God. And so, Father, I thank you for who you are. Right now, I I would pray that everyone watching this would say, Lord, do I want to accomplish things for you or do I want you to change my heart? I pray, Lord, that people are slowing down, not speeding up. I pray Lord that when people look back on the last few years, if all they can point to is accomplishments and what they've done and where they've been. And yes, all praise to you goes, but they can't say, I have never been more generous. I've never been more humble. I've never been more compassionate. I never listened as much. I've never been more caring. I've never, you know, been this person. I pray for radical transformation because of a deep humility in this next season. Lord, we already know that grace will never be a problem for you. It's humility that's a problem for humanity. A humble heart encountering a gracious God. I really believe, Lord, that you will accelerate some of the things in our life that we've been believing for and praying for. In Jesus' name, amen.